Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Uh, So we're going to be carrying back on through the book of James. I've been enjoying the book of James. love James. Authentic living, wisdom for every day. Book about wisdom. So you could say James was a wise guy. But then, like, what? So here's, here's like, last week, I, mean, I wasn't speaking. I discovered something. Here's some little bit of wisdom to pass on for tall people, okay? For tall people. Like, if you sit on the sides at the, at the seat that's nearest to the uh, corridor, there's no seat in front of you. And you can stretch your legs out. It's like, you know, like on the airplanes, on the airlines, you have to pay extra for that. But here, it's absolutely free. Like, it's your lucky day. Tall people, it's your lucky day. Happy to help. All right, but we're going to be getting stuck into James chapter 5 today. James chapter 5. And it starts off, have you noticed when you read James, he's like quite um, blunt, isn't he? He just like, he really gets stuck into people. He's like, like, he's like, hey, sort yourself out. Like, come on. Like, I want you to do some good stuff here. Like, stop doing that dumb stuff and start doing good stuff. And there's no different uh, today when he starts off. He's going to start off warning, warning the rich. Okay. And uh, he's going to talk about patience. And then we're going to talk about st- staying near to God as well. And I know that for me, like when I, when I come to church, I really do have an expectation that I'm going to meet with God. I come in the worship. I, was, I, I, had this, I had this lovely encounter with the presence of God with the worship when they were just doing their sound checks this morning. I was here early enough to hear their sound checks. It was just so good. I, I have an expectation to encounter God in the worship. I have an expectation to encounter God also when, uh, when someone is up uh, bringing and teaching the Word of God. And I'll just encourage you this morning. I'm going to talk about a number of different things just for all of you, just to open your hearts, just for one, one thing. Have an expectation that for one thing that God will like, speak to you for. So just would you do that? Would you have an open heart and an open mind and just expect God to speak to you? And I'm just going to pray that for us now that God would do that. So let's pray. God, we do ask that, uh, that we would have ears to hear your voice to us this morning. Guys, when, when, when your church is gathered together, all of us bring our lives, and they're all so different. They're all just so different. We're all in, there's so much different things that are going on in, in all of our lives. We, we kind of need something specific for each one of us because of where each one of us is at, which is so unique. So God, we ask that you would give us uh, ears to hear. You'd, you'd release to us the, the gift of revelation. You'd pour out the spirit of wisdom and revelation to us that we would know you and hear you, hear your voice and be pulled forward into the goodness of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. All right, so warnings to the rich. And I know what you're all thinking. Oh, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. Um, especially anyone, you know, with a mortgage is probably feeling a lot less rich than they were a couple of years ago. Um, anyone who buys gas or groceries, probably the same thing if you're like, man, like, 
feeling a lot less rich than I did a year ago. And uh, so how rich are you? <laughs> Just shout it. No, no, no. Um, there's a website called How Rich Am I? And you can find out how rich you are. You can put in your country and you can like figure out, like put in your income and it'll tell you, well, you're, you're richer than this many people. But you know that... The, it's so hard to work this out um, with exchange rates, and you can, as you can imagine. But they, the best I could figure out by searching in all sorts of places is probably the average income for people who work around the world is about New Zealand twenty thousand dollars a year, average. Per, you know, it's like some people say, "Oh no, it's less than that." Some people, like, anyway. Uh, in India, uh, one point four billion people. Um, average income per year, New Zealand dollars is about three and a half thousand dollars. Okay, China again about 1.4 billion people. Uh, they're about $16,000 a year average income per person. So, um, so if you worked full time on minimum wage in New Zealand, like you're richer than whatever that's 2.8 billion people that are you know uh, that have got that sort of thing going on. And you, it doesn't take too long to look around different countries. You, you, we're actually richer than most people in the world, but. What do we do with that with what James is talking to us about? Um, he's, he's actually not really addressing... Once we haven't, I know we haven't read it yet. I'm just like building up to it, building the anticipation. So <laughs> He's talking not so much about net wealth, but he's talking about the power that people have. And 2,000 years ago, when James wrote the, you know, the book of James, um, it was the wealthy who had the power. And it's similar... Um, you know, today. And because people with power have the ability to affect the lives of others. So it's more, if you have the ability to affect the lives of others, in your workplace, in your communities, in your homes maybe, then, then this is for you. This is like a character test. Okay? Okay, let's go. James chapter 5 verse 1. Now listen, you rich people. Again, people who have the ability to affect the lives of others, just put that grid on. You rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. <laughs> I'm like, like you are hearing that for the first time. I'm like, what? Like, what, what have I done? What's, what have I, what's happening here? Your wealth is rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? <laughs> Hearing this. But it's like, why, why is this? Like, is this because, you know, is this because they're rich that James is talking about like this? Is it, is it, is it because you're like a, like a boss or a businessman or you've inherited wealth? What, what, is, what is he saying? Well, let's find out. Let's find out what, because then he goes on to like be, be the because. Like you have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. This is a justice issue. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. This is about a power imbalance. This is about a power imbalance and the people with power not treating people fairly. I found this, this graph this week when I was just like looking at 
different things around finances around the world. This is going to like, this is, like, you're going to go like, oh, this is so wrong. I'm going to put this graph up. That You're going to go, this is so wrong. You're ready. This is, don't put it up yet. <laughs> Suspense. Um, this was over the time of the pandemic. And then like one part of the graph is the change in, what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> did he get a, did you get a sneak preview? Oh, it's up there. It's gone. The cat's out of the bag. Okay. Over the pandemic, in the orange, this is the, the income that the labor force on the planet, lot, the money they lost over the pandemic, $3.7 trillion. The blue is the money that billionaires, the change in their net income over the pandemic, increased $3.9 trillion. Whoo, pandemics, eh? Good for rich people. But that's, that's like a very, very big picture of like, a, like what James was talking about here. People with power taking advantage of those that, that don't have power. You know, I look at our church and I look at many churches, you know, and and, and people of faith, people who are part of the you know, church communities, like, we're not people that do this. We're not people that James is talking to here, mostly. I mean, and if, this is, if that is you, I mean, may God convict your heart and soften your heart towards the weak and the poor because to reflect God's heart. But, but I suspect that James is writing this because there would have been some that this would have been for. But as well, I suspect that he was writing, remember we said right at the start of the series, he was writing to the scattered church. The, skirt, the church had been scattered because of you know, persecution. It was hard time. Imagine if we had to scatter in a hurry, like people in Ukraine have had to do and just walk away from their homes and, and just get out of town. Like you're, you're leaving behind a lot, aren't you? Um, and that's what these were, he's writing to people that were scattered. Um, and undergoing real hardship, and probably because many of those people were looking at, at some of these rich people who are living in the lap of luxury at the expense of others, and the temptation is, is to compare themselves and feel miserable. So I suspect that's part of James's thing is like, just remember, you know, there will be a day of judgment. Those who have not been fair or just or have taken advantage of others for their own gain, they will stand before the Lord and they will be held to account. Just remember that. If you're, you know, you're looking and you're going like, man, this is not fair, just remember there will be a day of judgment and people will be held to account. So when you look over the fence and things are going well for someone else, but things are going hard for you, James's encouragement is keep your heart right. Keep your heart right. I had a... Yeah, a few years back when we were renting a house uh, and um, the owner of the house was trying to figure out what to do and he, in the garage he had all of these cupboards that were also locks, had locks on them and they had all of his stuff in there, and, which was fine. But one day he came over and he said, like, oh, I've been, just like, I've been keeping this stuff for ages and uh, like, I, just, I just don't think I'm ever going to use this building materials and tools and and he sort of unlocked it all, and he said to me, so like, if there's anything in there that you want, just help yourself. I'm like, sweet. 
Um, which was, oh, when it was, it was very, very kind. And so I grabbed a few bits and pieces and some tools and some things. And um, anyway, I was telling a friend of mine, I said, like, oh, this, this thing happened, eh? And he got grumpy. He got grumpy. He's like, oh, man. Like, wish, wish that sort of thing would happen to me. I'm like, dude, like, celebrate my, <laughs> celebrate my, you know, like a good day for me. And, you know, it's, and, um, but interesting, like later in that, uh, that day, and I was just thinking of like, well, I mean, this, that's like pretty lame, you know, like just, um, and God reminded me of a time when I'd done just the same thing, where a pastor friend of mine had uh, a relatively wealthy person uh, come alongside him and said, look, um, I'd love to help you. Um, do you want to be, do you want to partner with me in a, in a land development? And, um, and then you could have the profits of that to help put your kids through um, university, which, you know, he, and he lived in the States, so you can imagine how expensive that is, and, um, and which he did, and, uh, you know, for his four, you know, it made enough money out of that to put all of his four kids through university, and, uh, and I, and I was, remi- I was reminded, probably by the Lord, um, that when I heard that, I did just the same thing. I'm going like, oh, man, I wish that would happen to me. And, uh, and it's just this whole thing. Like James is just reminding us, like, you know, when you look over the fence and you see things going well for others, keep your heart right. Keep your heart right. When we're experiencing hardship, keep your heart right. So for all of my rich and powerful friends here, if you have the ability to affect the lives of others, don't you be ripping people off with what they should be paid. You know, and don't be making staff decisions based on maximizing your wealth and not consider the social cost before you lay someone off. Sometimes that has to happen, I know that. But don't be doing it with the only thing you're thinking of is maximizing your own profit. Don't be putting all your, and don't be putting all your trust in wealth. The Message Bible says, I haven't got the slide. The Message Bible says, James 5 verse 3 says, If you thought you were piling up wealth, what you've piled up is judgment. I've got this great book on my shelf at home by um, the author is known as Gregory the Great. He uh, was the Bishop of Rome in the 6th century. Uh, 7th century, I think. Uh, he was both the prefect of Rome and the bishop of Rome. And he was the real deal. Like, he had a rich walk with, uh, with Jesus. Just amazing. And he wrote this book called Pastoral Care. And uh, he said this, Let the haughty be told how transitory the things are which set themselves, which they set themselves to acquire, how eternal the things which they forfeit. If this is a word from God for you today, take notice. Make changes. But for most of us, we're not living in the lap of luxury. Uh, we're not living in self-indulgence. We're experiencing hardship. And then if, so if that's us, we need to hear the next part. James starts talking about patience. Okay, verse 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. 
brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Who here in, in this, this day, this week, this time, would love for something in their life to change for the better? Like, I mean, like you don't have to put your hands up. I know that'll be lots of you. You know, we can relate, can't we, to the need for patience. We can relate. But what James, what he's actually doing here is what I've called it's James's program for patience. His program for patience. And let's just break it down. I, and at the end, like, it, it, there's going to be five things that will come with that, and the five things are going to end up there uh, at the end of this little, little bit here. And like, if you want to like, take a photo of it, and just so you've got that, if, in, like, in times when you're going like, God, when, is, when will you hear my prayers? When will you hear, uh, answer the cry of my heart? This is a program for patience. First thing he says is that know that better times are coming. Just know that better times are coming. They are coming. Just like the farmer. I have an orchard at my house. Well, I'll tell you what it actually is. The people we bought the house off uh, planted a bunch of fruit trees, and some of them are still alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, they don't get any love from me. It's like survival of the fittest. So, but every year we get fijoas and mandarins and lemons and apples and you know plums. I think the birds get most of the plums, but, but and we get grapefruit. And what's the best thing about grapefruit? Let me tell you the best thing about grapefruit in my house is that you can collect them, and we've got a jumbo slingshot that we hook up on hooks on the side of our house on our deck, and we just. 200 meters over into the neighbor's place. <laughs> I think that's why God made grapefruit. Um, and we've had the youth group over our place different times, and you just change the trajectory. <laughs> you go, and they're running around the back. <laughs> Woo! Good times. Um, bring your kids over sometime. <laughs> we have some fun. But the thing is, the fruit just grows. We don't, I don't do anything. And this is what farm, James is saying. Take confidence from the farmer's confidence in the coming crop. Take confidence in, in Job's journey, as we read in the Bible, of how eventually things came good. God will bring better times. Second thing James says, he says, stand firm. In the middle of your hardship, stand firm. What's the opposite of standing firm? Like falling over. It's falling, you know, in hard times, it's a victory just to stand firm, just to stay standing and not fall over. You know, like people have come to me over this last two or three years when it's just like, oh, you know, what a crazy time, eh? And, and it's like, oh, I just feel like I haven't made any progress in my life at all. And I'll say to them, like, like you're still standing. Like, you need to be applauded. You know, you're still standing in the midst of all the hard stuff that's happened. Good for you. You know, we can feel a bit down on ourselves for not sort of moving forward, but I, we need to celebrate standing firm, you know, just standing, holding to our faith and trust in God 
in the midst of hard times. Celebrate that. Standing firm and living a life that we wouldn't be embarrassed about before God. You know, knowing, as James says, knowing that Jesus can return at any time. Stand firm. The third thing he says is don't grumble while you wait. And you might be saying, but Matt, grumbling feels so good. I know. I felt really convicted when I was preparing this message. <laughs> I love a good grumble. Oh, I love a good grumble. Like it sort of feels cathartic. But you know that, have you heard that expression like a problem shared is a problem halved? Have you heard that? That sounds good, doesn't it? Oh, it's like, oh, now I've only got half of my problem. The trouble is, is that the person you've just shared it with, they had like no problems and now they've got half a problem. So I'm going to do some work on less grumbling. Fourth thing he says, get inspiration from those who have persevered. What a great conversation starter. You know, if we're in anywhere, over the dinner table with friends, whatever, it's like, it's asking, like, tell me a time when it's been really hard and, uh, and you've got through it and tell me how you've got through it. Like you'll be inspired. Like you'll be inspired. Like so many people here in church here today have moved countries. Have moved countries. And if you've never done that, like it's big. It's so big. I mean, I don't know. There's people here from like South Africa and Canada and uh, China, India. Like we, I think we count up like about 18, 19 different nationalities that are here. And like every one of those, USA, so I don't want to forget that. So. Um, it's hard moving countries. And yet when I talk to people who have done that, you know, I hear stories of hardship, but I hear stories of the provision of God, of the, you know, of just the goodness of God. Um, it's so encouraging. So James is saying, you know, in hard times, draw inspiration from people who have persevered. And the fifth thing James says is remember the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. In hard times, remember the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. You know, Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And yet when you're in the midst of hard things, that's where faith comes in. That's where faith in these promises of God come in. That God is a God that is full of compassion and mercy for me. That, that good times are ahead. That in all things, even this thing that's hard right now, that God will work good in it. So if we ever find us praying the patience prayer. Do you know what the patience prayer is? It's like, God, give me patience and give it to me now! <laughs> and which we often find that praying that, eh? Like, it's like, ah, it's hard. It's hard, but if we ever find ourselves in that place of like, things are hard, God, I, like, I need patience, then turn to James's program for patience. I was talking to someone from our church just this week, and they, um, they moved house uh, a couple of years ago because their family was getting bigger and, um, and their mortgage is bigger and 
they've just had to refinance their their house and if you're aware at all like mortgage rates are mental and they were like telling me like it is so tight man it is so so tight they've had to make some tough decisions around their finances but in the midst of it all they are trusting in God and they are making really wise decisions you know and I'm like I was just so encouraged and I just know listen I just know that James would have been proud of him you know he would have been proud of him looking at our, at our time there and Stanley did apologize for taking so much time but uh, that was important stuff as well I'm just going to rattle rip through this last little bit real fast so apologize if you know it doesn't have all my jokes and you're probably thinking like oh thank goodness he doesn't do all his jokes um, but I just wanted to drop really briefly at, you know back into James chapter 4 that we looked at last week and uh, where James talks about you know talking about people who are a bit grumpy <laughs> who are a bit selfish or a bit quarrelsome. He says, don't do that. He says, do this instead. And I just wanted to put this in front of you again this morning. Like, do this, do this. This is like, again, it's a how-to for just living our lives in God. And if you're wanting an encouragement today about how to live your life as one who follows God, listen to this, James 4 verse 7, submit yourselves into God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Saying, like, this is, if, you want, if you want to know what a life in God looks like, submit to God, resist the devil, draw near to God, and purify your hearts. And humble yourself before God. I was going to talk a little bit about this whole thing of resisting the devil. I will do this another time, but you need to know their evil spirits are real. You know, there is there is dark forces in this world that is pushing against our lives and uh, and all that God would have for us. You know, yeah, Halloween's coming up, and it's like, you know, Netflix is like, yeah, we've got a lot of scary movies for you to watch. I'm like, yeah, please don't watch those movies. Like, there is, there is dark forces in the world. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that sometime, because you need to be aware of this stuff. You know, I've got some stories, eh, like, of just things that I've experienced, and many of you have as well. So, but we're not going to talk about that, that, but other than, like, they're real. Purify your hearts, another thing. Like we, um, I mean, Mark's just uh, over here. Mark uh, Bandera spoke at our men's breakfast yesterday. And he, talk, he, was, he was brought up in a Buddhist home. And uh, as a young man, he started to like, just open his heart to, to Jesus. Long story, great story. Um, but he just talked about how as he did that, he began to feel just this cleansing that was happening inside. You know, just, just beautiful. Purify your hearts is the, is the invitation from from, from James to purify our hearts. And we're going we're gonna to make some space. I wish I'd have had, had, had a little bit more time just to, to pray this, but we're going to, what we're going to do is not yet, in a minute, we're going to put up another slide and it's going to have this beautiful psalm that, uh, that King David wrote. King David was the king of, of Israel 
And, uh, but he, there was a time where he, you know, he basically stuffed up in life and, and a prophet came to him and said, God sees your sin, you need to repent. And he, and he repented before God and wrote this, this psalm. And for many, it's a, um, I will actually read it out. Um, for many, it's, uh, you'll be familiar because it was a, a, a song was written using these lyrics as well. And I just felt like in, in this moment for today, it's an opportunity for us all Wherever we are in our journey of uh, faith, wherever we are in our walk with God, there'll be people here I know that are feeling so close to God, and uh, this morning there are others that are going to feel like they have feel far from God. They've never, maybe never, have uh, chosen to to find God. To uh, and or there are people that are, have known God, and for whatever reason they've sort of turned their back on God. And I just want to give us an opportunity this morning, just in the place that we're sitting, to be able to look through those two things, things like, where am I at in my journey of faith with God? Like, do I need, do I need to submit to God again? You know, Is there something where I, like, that's pushing against me that I need to push back against? You know, do I find myself continually like, um, doing things like sin is, it, yeah, is, is the word where um, I it pushes me, I, I take myself away from God. Do I need to draw near to God? Do I need to purify my heart? Do I need to humble myself before God? So can I just get the band to come back up again? And um, as they come up, uh, let me read this uh, Psalm 51, because this may be a prayer that you need to pray this morning. And like for me, I love this. I, I, I pray this most, most times, like most Sundays. I love coming. I just want to be able to worship with a clear, a clear heart. But listen to this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. And this may be the bit you're familiar with. It's an old worship song. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Just as the band starts playing, what I'd love to do is just to take a moment, just where we are, just sitting down where we are, just close our eyes, maybe, or, or you don't have to close your eyes. You might want to engage with this slide here. You may want to pray that prayer. You may want to look at those things on the side there and just bring, just bring yourself to God. God is so full of mercy and compassion and love and forgiveness and welcome. So many people, they come to church and they go like, oh, I don't think I can, like, I'm just such a... I'm such a rat bag, you know, like God won't want to have anything to do with me. He loves you. And he just stands there with, well, welcome, come. His arms are open. His love is for you. Let's just take a moment. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whanau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. 
Enjoy the day. Be blessed.